0: Welcome to Conversations with My Lens. That's me. I'm your host, a photographer obsessed with helping women lead unapologetically. On this show, you will hear not only from me but from other amazing women who inspire me and are making a difference in the community. What does that mean leading unapologetically? To me, it's leading from a place of authenticity without apologies. In other words, not seeking approval for being yourself, what you care for and value. My goal with this podcast is to inspire and help women develop powerful confidence in themselves and recognize the value we bring to the community and the world as a whole. Whether you are a stay-at-home mom, entrepreneur, pursuing a career or growing your business, we are here to build each other up. Let's learn and grow together. Hello and welcome to Conversations with My Lens, the show that empowers women to lead unapologetically. I'm your host. Mai Lens, and today we're going to talk about writing a revenue generating expert book with Danielle Mendoza. She's a two-time international best-selling author, project development consultant, and podcast host. Hi, Danielle. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hey Mai, thank
1: you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be
0: here. Before we dive in, can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Absolutely. So I'm a Christian. I'm a mom. I'm a business
0: owner. I own three businesses.
1: And so I'm busy. I'm a busy lady. And that's why I created the Legacy Project Accelerator to help busy women finally take the time to get their big idea out of their head and into the world. Um, And it's really important to me because I faced a curable skin cancer. I found out when I was four months pregnant with my second child that I had this curable form of skin cancer. So nothing to be too alarmed about, you know, it is something that is highly curable, but all the treatments weren't working. Wow. All the basic stuff they would do to get rid of it, just for whatever reason, it wasn't working with my body. And so five years of trying and waiting and trying and waiting and finally, I had to have a third of my top lip removed. And it was really something that shook me to my core. And I kind of woke up to this idea that I could die, um, and which is a little silly because we could always die. There's always <laughs> yes. a chance. We are mortal beings. And so that's something that we face every day, but it really made me face it head on in a new way. And I decided that I had been spending too much time giving all of myself to my family And not enough of my time sharing my gifts and talents with the world. And I see so many women doing the same thing. They're busy with other things in life. And yet they have these gifts and talents. They have things that God has given them that they can share in the world to make a difference. And it's sort of become a mission of mine to help women do exactly that. And I think a great way to do that is through an expert book, a podcast or a certification course. And so I built the Legacy Project Accelerator to help women create an intentional legacy, to leave behind the
0: story of who they are in a really powerful and intentional way. Wow, that's awesome. Was the skin cancer diagnosed uh, your wake up call? Definitely. You mentioned something that's just a reality, something we cannot change. And that is we're all going to die one day, but we live life like that's never going to happen. Like we have all this time in the world. And even when we have this wake up calls, we avoid, you know, since my sister, um, Passed away. I've been working on this roller of emotions. I knew I wasn't depressed like the the regular depression that my mom went through. That I've been sabotaging myself and slowing down my growth. For example, I will think, "What if a client calls me and my kids call me and I'm not available?" I was so terrified about not being available for my kids and being there 24 seven. So working on your mindset is so, so important. How will you help someone that doesn't know how to get unstuck? Um, did writing your book helped you? Yeah, whenever we're facing something like
1: this, when we are forced to kind of face our humanness through our mortality, I think it's really important to first and foremost, take a step back to stop doing all the things that we keep ourselves busy with because it keeps our mind off of the important stuff. And we have to ask ourselves, how do I want to be remembered? When I'm gone, what do I want people to say about having known me? What, How do I want them to have felt in my presence, in their experience of interacting with me? And that's a really good place to start. And from there, then we can move forward into how do I create that? How do I create that story with people by interacting with them, you know, from the very small things, like even just like, how do you treat a waitress at a restaurant? Or how do you treat your kids when they messed up or when they want your attention? Then moving into the bigger stuff of kind of what is my purpose here? How am I meant to influence people on this planet in my very short time here. I mean, we're all here, even if you live to be 80, 90, a hundred, it's still in terms of, you know, the timeline of the earth, it's a very short time. So we have to ask ourselves, you know, what is my purpose here in this short time? And what's the influence that I can have on people and on the world? And how do I want that to play out? Because we're all leaving a legacy, It's just a matter of leaving an intentional legacy so that the true story of who we are is left behind.
0: Yes. And, you know, legacy might sound like a big word, (laughs) but you don't need to build an empire to create a legacy. But going back to what you said about asking, what is my purpose? And that's another question we get so caught up in that we end up procrastinating. I remember when I was meditating, asking myself this question and I was so frustrated. And one day I heard a Dr. Wayne Dyer say, And I'm going to paraphrase here because (laughs) I don't remember exactly the words, but he said something about you will only find your purpose in service to others. Yeah, I think it
1: can feel like such a big idea. This, you know, we've got to find one shining gold purpose that's powerful and heavy and important. And we put too much focus on that. And then, like you said, we end up procrastinating and living out basically no purpose at all. So I think just break it down to right now in this moment, like what is your purpose right now? What can you do right now to affect change in yourself, in your family, in your community, in the world, however big that picture gets for you? What's one thing you can do right now? Maybe it's as simple as just like spending some time with your kids, not on your phone, not busy thinking about other things, it's just looking in their eyes and connecting with them and asking how their day was. You know, it can be that simple. Asking a good friend, how are you doing? Because this thing happened in their life, you know, even months or years ago. How are they doing with it now? Um, just reaching out in a way that allows you to connect with people. I think that idea of service is great and the basis for service is human connection. So what can you do right now to start connecting with people and through that I think it's through those experiences that you really start to discover your purpose. You know, I didn't step forward and say, Oh, it's, it's my purpose to help women leave their legacy. (laughs) And, you know, it's great. It's a great soundbite to be able to say now, but that's Mm -hmm. not as simply as it came. It wasn't that clear and simple when I first was facing this idea that there's more for me to do on this planet. And so I started exploring, I started helping teenagers, and then I started helping women with their spirituality. And then Hmm. I was paying attention to what are the questions I'm being asked through all of these experiences. And it almost always led back to business, which was something I ignored for a while. And then finally I was like, okay, stop ignoring what the universe is putting in front of you and just accept that there could be something here. And so I started leaning into business development consulting and business strategy and helping women build businesses that felt aligned for them. Um, There's a lot of noise out in the business world. Mm -hmm. That's what my book Manifest Success is about. It's about how to shut out the noise and transform your, your big idea into a business you love. You know, how do you take this idea of something you want to do in the world? Let's say it's make jewelry, How do you make jewelry and create a business around that that you love, that you're passionate about, that you enjoy showing up in every day? I mean, now does that mean we're going to enjoy every single step of business? No, we still have to do bookkeeping. Okay. We still have to (laughs) (laughs) taxes. Yeah. We still have to do the things that sometimes are not comfortable to do. But how can you do your marketing in a way that feels really good? Because marketing is just about creating relationships. How do you make sales in a way that feels really good? Because sales is just about making an invitation to someone who you have a relationship with. So how do we take those things and, make them joyous and make them comfortable. And, you know, it might stretch us and grow us a little bit out of our comfort zone, but we yeah. feel really good about it because it's aligned with who we are and how we want to show up in the world. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely something that can get in your way if you struggle too much with the idea of purpose. But I think if you just start taking action and just start following one little step after the other, the next thing, you know, You know, you've walked a marathon. So it really isn't something that you decide on right away and then you live out this big golden idea. It's in the looking back that you are like, wow, look at this big golden idea that I've built. And then you can celebrate that.
0: Yeah. And that's very important to celebrate the little steps. And like you said, like baby steps. The thing I think for a lot of us and I will include myself because I forget sometimes to take the time to celebrate the small wins that took me from point A to point Z, those BCD points that move the needle forward. So let's talk about book writing. You are a two times best-selling author, correct? Yeah, that's correct. I
1: I was part of a multi author book that went international bestseller. So that was my first experience as an international bestselling author. And then from there, I decided, you know, I think I could write my own book. And I feel like I have something to say. And I was willing to step into that space and be afraid and say it anyway, and put it out (laughs) for the world to read and interpret, which is not always a comfortable thing to do. Um, But you know, it's important to push through the fear and share ourselves with the world. So I wrote the book manifest success, all about how to manifest your own success using the five-step manifestation process and building a business that's really aligned. And it was received very well. And it went bestseller within eight hours. And I was able to top the Amazon charts above people like Mindy Kaling, Rachel Hollis, Daniel Pink, Donald Miller. Wow! And it was a really amazing experience to go through.
0: Okay. Talk to us a little bit about your experience writing your book, Manifest Success. And for someone listening, if they were to take out a pen and paper and write, this is one step I need to take today to start, what would that be? Because I'm writing my book about my story and the stories of other women with abortion, and I can put, <laughs> I keep putting this to the back burner. And if it's not this, is that? But something always happens. Yeah. What is the one strategy you will recommend for people stuck in the steps or in the what
1: ifs? For sure. So. My book writing experience was really interesting. I wrote my book in two months. Um, Whoa! <laughs> yeah, I I am in the like Strengths Finder thing. I'm what's called an activator. I just want to jump in, take action, get through it. That's just the way that I am. Um, and so I set a date for publishing, and it was probably like in April that I chose my date of September. And then by June, I was like, well, I better get writing because I've got this date in September that I committed to. And so I built out a framework for my book. So I knew exactly what each chapter was going to cover. I knew exactly who I was talking to and the message that I wanted to convey overall and how that message broke down in the chapters. And then I started putting pen to paper, which is kind of a funny statement because I actually typed some of it. (laughs) Um, I spoke a lot of it. So I guess voice to phone (laughs) wrote a lot of my book. I did a lot of voice to text um, in funny places like the shower or driving in my car. You know, it's really funny how our brains work when we're doing these tasks that are so (laughs) familiar. All of a sudden we have like these genius ideas, right? It's like that shower genius. (laughs) So. I decided to harness that and give myself permission for that season of time to take my time away from other things and focus on getting words down into the book and making sure that anytime I was struck with an idea that I would stop what I was doing and capture that idea. I believe that we need to be responsible stewards of the ideas that we're given. And so I had to make sure that I was committed to opening up my phone, no matter where I was at, no matter what I was doing. And I let my family know, like if you see me suddenly like furiously typing on my phone, just give me a minute and I'll be back to you. I just need to capture this (laughs) idea. And then I would get it into a chapter later on. Um, And I had, you know, different subjects I wanted to talk about in my chapters. So I would open up a note and I would title it that subject. And then whenever I had thoughts about that subject that came to me, I would speak those into my notes app and then I would Hmm. copy paste them into my word document. So it really mattered to have this framework laid out. It's a really powerful way. And that's something I help women do in my legacy project accelerator. I call it the efficient and effortless chapter framework. And it's a process of journaling actually that you start with that guides you through breaking down your big idea into kind of digestible chunks and then, you know, working that out into your chapters. And it really starts, I say the number one step for anyone who wants to write an expert book, who is your ideal reader? Who is the person that you want to reach with your book? And now it's easy to say, oh, it's a book. Anyone can pick it up and read it. Sure. But who are you actually speaking to? Imagine this person in the room, imagine them, you know, on the other side of the screen and talk to them. And there's going to be people who are not that person. There are going to be people who don't relate to what you're saying. There are going to be people who disagree with what you have to say. There's going to be all kinds of stuff like that. So when those thoughts come up, like, well, what if someone says this about it? And I say that, and they disagree with me or what if someone doesn't see it the same way I do? Or what if someone thinks I'm dumb? Or what if someone thinks I'm being crazy? Or whatever the thoughts are that come up, just acknowledge it and say, yes, someone is going to think that. Someone out there probably will think you're crazy, you're dumb, you don't know what you're talking about, whatever it is. But the right someones are going to be blown away. The right someones are going to love everything that you're saying because you are connecting with them on a deeper human level and just so really getting clear about who am I talking to. And what does that person need to hear from me? What do they want to hear? You know, what kind of language do they like? Are they someone who likes metaphors and, you know, explanations and illustrations in that way? Or are they someone who wants just like direct facts, right? Um, it depends on your person and you want to make sure you're talking to that person and, you know, they can say like, oh, she's speaking my language, right? That means that we're right. talking in a way that really connects with the way that they talk and they think. And that's super important because those ideas are going to get through to that person much more easily and directly if you know exactly who that person is.
0: Right. And, that, and I think what throw people off is the, the word expert. Because we start saying, oh, who am I to be an expert? Am I really an expert? And, you know, we start sabotaging ourselves. (laughs) Well, and I know I heard someone and I don't remember who, but they say, well, if that person haven't experienced that that same thing that you're going through and you found a solution, that makes you an expert.
1: Mm -hmm. And we have this idea
0: that an expert is like, um, like in medicine. Well, the doctor is the expert, not us. (laughs) I'm just a mom with uh, maybe uh, some schooling or whatever. And we start putting this what if like we were saying before. I, I love that. You were talking about your your legacy uh, program. So if somebody wants to dive in and they're like confused and they're like, oh, this sounds like something that I that I will want to try out. What is the process that somebody can come to you and say, hey, can you help me out? Yeah, definitely. So the first step is always to
1: have a consultation. So I have an application on my website, confidentconcept.com. There's an application there um, to book your consultation and it's very affordable. And the money from the consultation gets rolled into the program if you decide Mm. you want to be part of the program. But there are results that come from the consultation. It's not a sales pitch. (laughs) I just want to make that clear. I think sometimes businesses sell us these consultations that are really just them pitching their product the entire time. And that's not what this is. This really is about helping someone get clear on what is their next best step in regards to their project. So I Mm. work with creating books, podcasts, or certification courses, and it's really important to get clear on what it is that you want out of the project. What's your purpose for it? What's the overall message that you're looking at? Who are you actually trying to reach? And those are things that we get really clear on in the consultation. And then everyone who does a consultation gets a project kickstart report. And maybe their next best step after that is to join the accelerator program. But maybe there's some stuff in the kickstart report that they can go take action on before they're actually ready to step into the program because it is a very accelerated Mm -hmm. process. It's a 90-day program. We have three VIP sessions. The first one is focused on breaking down the project strategy. So what is it going to actually take to make that project come to life. And then the second VIP day, which is 30 days later, is focused on a launch strategy. So how do we launch this project to our network so that they're excited and they're ready and they're waiting for it to get into their hands? And then the final VIP session, which is 30 days after that, we focus on what I call the evergreen monetization strategy. How do we actually leverage this project over and over again to lead more clients into our businesses? to lead more people to our expertise. Because when you're creating a project like this, you are creating oodles of content. And I hate to see business owners get stuck in the content creation trap. You don't have to create new content all the time. You might change the way you deliver it from platform to platform or week to week or based on what's going on in the world. But typically speaking, if you've written a book or you've created a podcast, You have content that is ready to go. It's ready to be repurposed and shared in a very easy way. And so we develop a strategy for repurposing that content. That's sort of a plug and play strategy you can hand off to your team and they can take your concerted effort of time and turn it into a marketing experience for years to come.
0: Yeah, I've been there. Always running after the shiny object instead of tweaking and repurposing. (laughs) I love the idea of having a paid consultation like you do, then applying that to to the program. You know, my last guest uh, said something that really got stuck in my head. And I heard this before. In other words, but this one I really liked. Um, And she said, when people pay, they pay attention. (laughs) I never should without a consultation, even though mine is free. (laughs) Now, for people who are ready to launch their first book, can they launch without an audience? That would be pretty difficult. So getting to
1: bestseller status relies on getting a volume of sales in a certain amount of time. And let me be clear, no bestseller ever happens on accident. It is always done with intention, whether it's New York Times bestseller, Amazon bestseller, it doesn't matter anywhere in between. It's always done with a plan and purposefully. And so you would need to hire a best-selling launch team. You need people who know what it takes to take a book to bestseller, who know the platform you're launching on. The most popular one for self-published books is Amazon. And there are people out there who are experts at making an Amazon book go bestseller, but it still does require you to have somewhat of a network, people who are excited to hear from you, Um, excited to read this book that you're putting out there and ready to take in that information. And then you also have to make sure you have a launch team, that you have people who are reading your book ahead of time so that when it comes out, then they can go purchase a copy and leave an honest review. The reviews really matter and you want them to be honest. It's um, Amazon is not happy if you have someone who just like knows you and likes you, go leave a review for a book they haven't purchased or read. So you have to make sure your launch team is really in your corner. They're willing to read that book ahead of time. And then they're willing to still purchase a copy, even though they've just read it for free and leave a really honest review about what they thought, how it helped them, um, you know, what was important in the book, because that's going to guide more people who are shopping around on Amazon to then want to purchase your book as well. So there are different pieces like that in your launch strategy that really matter and that means you have to have a network, a network of people who want to hear from you, but also a network of people who are willing to back you up and ready to help you get to this point.
0: Right. And, and you mentioned the best sellers on Amazon. Can we talk a little bit about um, reviews? You cannot leave a review if you did not purchase the book through Amazon, correct? That's correct. Yes. Okay. Okay. No, because it's somehow people might be thinking, oh, so all those, you know, reviews from Amazon, they're like fake. When someone asks me uh, for a review, whether it's a family or a friend or someone I might know, and if I haven't used their product or services, my answer is going to be a straight up no. And I was never the person to leave reviews but I'm always checking for reviews to to make sure that I'm making the right choice. And I hate to leave a negative review. So I just don't leave a review if I don't have if I don't find anything positive to say, unless it was a really bad product, because someone else is going to purchase the product and <laughs> and they need to know, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, So I don't leave reviews on everything i purchase online but i try if it's a product that i really love i I leave a review and you know we all have different experiences yeah Um, so even if it's sometimes um, i just balance it out between the the reviews so if you receive the book as a gift and want to leave a review on amazon you can't people
1: (laughs) That's absolutely true. It, it used to not be true in Amazon's earlier days. Oh, really? Um, yeah, oh. that, you know, anybody could go in and leave a review and then it turned into a lot of sellers paying for reviews ah. and different kind of shady practices. But Amazon has really cracked down on that. They are oh, very good. specific about who can leave a review and, you know, that they want it to be an honest review, that it can't be influenced So I can't tell my launch team like, hey, go leave me a five-star review when you're done with this. (laughs) That's not good practices for Amazon. It's all about asking for the honest review. Tell me what you honestly thought. And as an author, that's what I want to know anyway. I don't Um, want a bunch of people just blowing smoke up my butt. Like I want them (laughs) to tell me what they loved about it or what they didn't love about it because I want to know... Did I reach that person, that ideal reader wow. that I had in mind when I was writing? Did they love it? What did they actually think? you know? And what parts could I improve on later? Or what are some things that I might want to reach out and have a conversation about? And that will influence then how I repurpose that content as well when I'm bringing it to social media or turning it into a blog post. Which pieces do I want to maybe revise a little bit? Which things have I you know, thought about now that I've had those conversations or heard from reviewers, what's different for me, what's changed and, you know, what's been more solidified because I know that it was so good and they loved it and I loved it. And that's like a golden
0: piece to put out into my content. Yes, definitely. I love that. You inspire me so much to finish my book. (laughs) You can do it. I know you can. (laughs) Thank you. And it's true, you know, like you have to start with the person that you're helping. Because I always say, even if it's just one person, you know, that that will fulfill my heart. Because maybe you're helping a person. um, I don't know, whatever the book is about. I've heard of people saying, um, because of this book, I didn't commit suicide. Or because of this book. I, um, it helped me in my business, but you know, maybe your book, helps somebody manifesting. Um, and it's not talking about manifesting that you're going to sit down and just think about manifesting and, and that things are going to appear. Um, it's that you're going to help them take action. Absolutely. Uh, can you give me some of the strategies that, um, that you help people about manifesting.
1: Yeah, definitely. So I think manifesting is so powerful and wonderful and important, and it does get lost out there, especially in the business world. It's this idea of Mm -hmm. put it on a vision board or close your (laughs) eyes and picture it, you know, and that's part of it that's in there but that is by no means all of it. And I, and manifesting can be such a practical tool. And like any tool, if you use it the wrong way. It's not going to work. If you take a hammer and you just start smacking a wall, you're not going to build a house, you know, but if you start hitting nails and putting boards together and these different things, then you can build a house. And it's the same thing with manifesting. So knowing the five steps, I think is really important. It starts with gratitude. Being grateful for the gifts that we have, for who we are, for how God is allowing us to show up in this world and influence people. I think that is very, very important to lay as a foundation. The next step is intuitive trust, trusting yourself, trusting God, trusting the universe, um, source, whatever you, whatever name you ascribe to that power that's higher than you trusting what it's telling you. If it's telling you to start helping women, Eat better, or if it's telling you to start making beautiful jewelry that can bring joy into people's lives, you have to trust that because there are going to be a ton of people around you who are going to tell you that's stupid, that makes no sense, why would you do that? Go get a job, blah, blah, blah. You've (laughs) got to be able to shut out that noise and trust. And I think that really boils down to practicing some form of meditation, whether it's quiet nature walks or you know, sitting with your eyes closed in silence or with some music playing. Just being able to get in touch with that grounded part of yourself, being grateful, trusting in it. And then the next step is clarity of vision. You've got to have a clear vision. You've got to be able to see it clearly. So maybe you want a million dollar business one day, but that feels so far off. It's like lost in the fog. You're like, how would I even do that? That makes no sense. Great. Set that piece aside and say, what makes sense right now? What feels possible and clear to me right now? And maybe that's the first Mm $5,000. Perfect. As you move closer to that $5,000, then you'll see $10,000. And as you get closer to that, then you can see 20 and 30. And next thing you know, you've moved through the fog and you can see that million dollar business and what that looks like but you don't have to go for that right away. You need a very clear vision to be able to move through manifestation. So you're grateful, you're trusting in your higher power and yourself and the connection that's there. And you've got a clear vision of what it is that you want. And the next step and the most important step, and I think the most ignored step is consistent action-taking. You have got to consistently take action. You and the universe and God, you are co-creating this magic. So it's not like you can just sit there and say, okay, God, I'm ready. I'm ready for the million dollar business. Hand it over. That is not how this works. You've got to go out and form relationships with people and put your pride on the line and be willing to make offers and try to make sales and be rejected and, you know, go through the experimentation of business to be able to build something that people want to say yes to. And so that consistent action taking has got to be where like 75% of your energy is spent. Um, Visualizing is great. It's super important to get clear But it's not going to make it happen. You have to go out and make it happen from the empowered vision, because when you're grateful, you trust yourself, you trust your higher power, and you've got a clear vision, then you kind of become unstoppable. You know, people can tell you like, oh, this action you're taking, it's ridiculous. there is a way to qualify your action. And I'll mention that in a second, but it's important first and foremost to just start taking action. And the fifth and final step is to be open to receiving. So often we close ourselves off. We are nervous about actually getting what we want. And we keep ourselves from getting these things that we've asked for and worked hard for because we're just closed off. And I think a great way to know if you're open to receiving is think, how do you feel when people sing happy birthday to you?
0: When you are
1: the center of attention in the room, everyone's singing happy birthday to you. Are you feeling warm and open and glowing and just like accepting all the love from these people? Or are you shy and embarrassed and saying, oh, no, no, don't worry about little me. You don't need to sing me happy birthday. It's okay. Okay.
0: (laughs) You know, makes the
1: cake. <laughs> yeah. Like you really need to be able to accept that gift. Yeah. Right. Or if you, if you get a gift, that's kind of unwarranted. If someone gives you something that you haven't earned or you haven't reciprocated for, are you okay with accepting that gift graciously and giving them the gift of being able to give to you? Or are you saying, Don't worry about it here. You take it back. Maybe your sister wants it, you know, something where you're pushing it away. We do that with the universe all the time. If we're not open to receiving, we push these things away. And that looks like procrastination, self-sabotage, just not taking chances where we maybe could or should. And so we have to make sure we have all five of those steps. And then once you start working through manifesting something, it's no longer linear, you might need to work on open receiving, which then takes you back to gratitude, which then puts you back into action. And then you have to remember to trust yourself. And then you have to remind yourself of your vision. And then you have to be open to it again. You know, it's just sort of like bouncing like, around. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's, it's helpful if we can hear it laid out in a straight line first, and yeah. then understand that we'll bounce around through these different steps. It's very, very important. And as far as qualifying your action, I share in the book, something called the action formula. And often we jump into action, we get brave, we do something, and then we sort of are like, okay, I did it. And we just look the other way and we move on to the next thing as quickly as possible. (laughs) And that's actually not serving us. It's not serving us to look at our life through our fingers. Like we're watching a scary movie. We've got to be bold and we've got to be willing to stand in our boldness and use the action formula to number one, take action. Number two, observe, honestly, observe what is happening based on this action we took. Let's say you post something on social media. How are people responding to it? But not just any people, how are your people responding to it? The people who are right for your program, your product, your information, do they like it? Are they taking it in? Is it striking a chord with them? You know, if your aunt Susie comes up and she's like, oh, I didn't like this thing you posted on Facebook. If aunt Susie (laughs) isn't your ideal person, just ignore what she says. It doesn't matter what she thinks. And the fact that she didn't like it is probably a good thing because you want the people who are your people to like it. And you want everyone else to self-select out. And your people are actually probably only about 10% of the market. So that means you want 90% of people being like, no, I don't like this. I don't agree with it. I don't want this. Let them be on their way. You know, that's how you can know that you're really reaching a specific 10% of people because everyone else is like, this isn't for me. And that's okay. We have to be okay with that and stop viewing that as rejection. So once we've observed honestly, and we've gotten okay with ourselves and we've learned what our people actually like or dislike about what we did, then we have to adjust. We have to adjust our what we talk about in our posts maybe, or maybe the image that we used or you know, which platform even that we set it on. We have to adjust right. these things and then we have to repeat the action because we have to give our people another chance to interact with it and to observe and to see what they said and then adjust from there and then repeat it. So it's this cycle of taking action, observing, adjusting what we're doing and repeating it and taking that action again. And when we can do that, We're in this beautiful ebb and flow of experimentation in the space of business, and we're learning to give people what they want, but also what we want to give. And true success is found in that space where those two things meet, where you are loving what you're doing and your audience is loving what you're doing too. And that's when you're going to feel successful.
0: Yeah. And that co-creation. Um, And what you were saying about, you know, like, I think a lot of the time we focus on the 90% instead of the 10%, like watering the right flowers, (laughs) not the weed, but the flowers. Um, Yes, I love that. Oh, my goodness. We can talk forever about about manifestation because even though my bunny ate all my vision boards... (laughs) I have a bunny and she was like, just chewing on all my vision boards. And I'm like, ah, she destroyed my vision boards. And I love looking at them and just saying, wow, I manifested this. And I remember one time I put this uh, camera and I say, I want that camera. And then the newer version, I really wanted the newer version. And I just, you know, like I cut the, the, previous version and I just put it in there and I'm like I don't want that one I just want the other one but let me just put this one and I focused so much on that one when I bought it I was like so happy because either way you know I was happy for the camera and I'm like darn it I should have put the other one I really wanted the (laughs) other one but I you know what I'm gonna settle for this one (laughs) anyways that was just uh you know like a fun fact (laughs) So be careful.
1: Yeah, it's funny. We have to be really specific about what we want from the universe and from God. You know, I've got a good friend and she said, I want some amazing neighbors. And I happened to be moving to her city and we were friends before online. And I moved to her town and my new house, which I bought from across the country on FaceTime. I wasn't even here when I bought the house. It is three houses away from her house that she moved out of a year ago. And I was like, you gotta be more specific. You gotta say you want good neighbors in your new neighborhood. You may have tested a good neighbors in your old neighborhood. So oh, wow. it's definitely funny how that can show up sometimes. And you're like, man, I really need to be more specific.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. And um what you said about gratitude and accepting. Like you have to be open to accept. I remember when I created this amazing video, because they told me it was amazing. And I, I did spend a lot of time on that video. And they were like complimenting my video. And I was like, ah, that's nothing. I, I think I should have done this and that and that. And I started pointing all the things that, of course, that's creative. We start thinking, you know, like this picture needs a little work. And I need to fix this. And why I, I didn't see the hands on on this side. I should put it on the other side. And they're loving it. And we're just talking ourselves out of it. And instead of saying, oh, thank you. I was like, afterwards, I was like biting my tongue and saying, oh, I should have just said, thank you. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's definitely a skill to just be able to graciously accept and say, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. You know, and it, it tells people when you start to view it as a service to say, thank you, to someone who's complimenting you, you know, you're allowing them to show their gratitude for what you're doing. And that puts them into a heightened state. It puts them into joy. And so yeah. when you start pointing out all the things that could have been different or that you could have done better, you're stealing that joy away from them and yourself. And, but yeah. really, I think it's easier sometimes to come from a place of service. So to say, I'm going to let them have this moment and just say thank you and smile and take it in. And whatever inner turmoil happens for me in taking that in, I will deal with later. But right now in this moment, I'm going to let them have their moment of gratitude and allow them to take that in.
0: Yeah, because it's what you were saying. You're robbing them from that joy. I love it. Okay, this is one of my favorite questions because it's the heart of my podcast. (laughs) And is this, being unapologetically you to me means being true to who you are and what you believe in. In other words, not seeking approval to show up authentically in order to blend in. Danielle, was there something you stopped apologizing for that helped you level up in your business? Or well, maybe you are still apologizing for something. <laughs> and what is it? Whichever it is. I think the manifesting is a
1: good example of something that I just stopped. Maybe I wasn't apologizing for it, but I was tempering it. And that's like my mm. woo factor, right? I'm really into like the woo-woo spiritual stuff. I like to pray to God. I like to look for miracles in my life. Um, and not a lot of people agree with that. And so I found myself almost through my whole life trying to be really practical and make sure that everything was logical and made sense to everyone else, you know, looking to that 90% for validation about the things that I wanted and the things that I was doing. And it led me to a really bad place in my life. I was just unhappy. I was depressed. I wasn't experiencing life with the joy that we're all you know, given life for, I believe. And so I just realized, and the cancer helped me wake up from this too, like screw what everyone else thinks. If I want to look for miracles in my life, or if I see something amazing that I want to manifest into my life, it it doesn't matter if anyone else approves of that or not. It's about what I want and who I am and my relationship with my creator and just living into that. And I think, being really unapologetic about that has allowed me to truly start my business, to be powerful and be bold and be confident and help other women do the same because it really doesn't matter what other people think, you know, other than maybe our 10% and they only have to think good things about what we're putting out there. The rest of the stuff is ours. We get to do it the way we want to.
0: Oh my goodness. I love it. I love it. That That's amazing. Um, where can everyone find you and connect with you? Yeah,
1: I'm on Instagram at confident.concept or you can go to my website, confidentconcept.com or send me an email. I'd love to hear from you. Hello at confidentconcept.com.
0: And all of those... Um, Links are going to be posted on my show notes for this episode. And what is the name of your podcast? It's called Be Myself Now in Business. I want to give
1: women permission to do business their way. It doesn't have to be the way the gurus say you're supposed to do it. Um, You don't have to be on social media if you don't want to. Imagine, um, you know, can be an exercise in freedom and just being yourself and being aligned with your actions. And you can have a rocking, successful business, however you decide is the right way for you. So I have been bringing on experts to talk about that and to talk about different things we can do and try in our businesses and season 2 is coming up this fall and we're going to be talking all about lessons we wished we'd learned sooner because we mm-hmm. want to save other women from some of the yes. same mistakes and heartaches so yeah i'm really looking forward to it
0: oh i love it so i'll, I'll i wish you the best on your season uh 2 coming up <laughs> and this is how we met um through the podcasting world. And this is how you also build connections. And thank you for being here with me today.
1: I agree. Thank you so much for having me on, My It's always such a pleasure to connect with you.
0: Thank you so much for listening today. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with your friends and family and consider giving us a review on Apple Podcasts or tell us what you think on social media. On Instagram and Twitter at Mayi Lens. And on Facebook page, Conversations with Maggie Lens. I'm so grateful to be on this journey with you. Until next time, talk to you soon.